0: Iowa's Newsworthy Past is a project imagined and curated by me, Kristen Noonan, a newly minted librarian.
1: With help from
0: Rod Library at the University of Northern Iowa, I come through an encyclopedic, handy-dandy Iowa Historical Newspaper Library Guide to select stories and record myself reading them out loud all in my basement. The music you're listening to right now is by Iowa City's Blank Shaw, and the music you're about to notice in the background is by Memphis resident Brendan Lee Spengler. As your time allows, then please enjoy. You're totally free, no strings attached, last from the past. It's another day, and I'm glad you're here. Welcome to February 1st on Iowa's Newsworthy Past. Our first stop on this day in history will be in Cresco, Iowa in the Cresco Times newspaper on February 1st, 1867. I'm your host, Kristen Noonan. It's a pleasure to be your guide today. Let's roll. Bold attempt to create a panic in New York City. One of the most villainous attempts to create a panic came to light on Thursday afternoon. Three men in New York, whose names are now well known, who have hitherto stood high in connection with mercantile affairs in this city, engineered a scheme through that had for its aim the depreciation of government and bank stocks, and but for its timely discovery would have ruined a large class of men. Having sold short, they designed to depress stocks that they might buy low and having answered their ends intended to bull the market and make a fortune. They drew checks to the amount of five millions and had them certified in the different banks. Of course, these five millions having been certified could not be loaned by the banks. Instead of depositing these checks as cash, they took them to private bankers and obtained on them five millions more, which checks were also certified. Thus they took out, in one hour, ten millions from circulation. One of these managers called in a million that was out on loan, and others did the same. By these same parties, messengers were sent early on Thursday morning, warning them against loaning any money. They advised the calling in of all the loans and announced that there was to be a terrible panic that would sweep everything away. The banks lent themselves to the vile scheme, though they did it ignorantly. These four men took out of circulation in one day the tremendous sum of thirty-five millions. The scheme was exposed in the clearing house. One bank found to its credit three millions when it expected nothing. This led to an investigation and the bank found that the certified checks drawn by certain parties had not been used. An exposure at once took place and the panic was averted. How much these men have gained by this attempt to create financial disaster, the future will tell. Mr. C. E. Kinkhead of Davenport, writing to the Gazette of that place from Springfield, Missouri, says, Having seen an article in the Davenport Gazette in relation to the Patriot Dead of Iowa, buried in distant cemeteries, I thought I would take a copy from the records at this place and send you. The cemetery here is well cared for. The headboards are replaced as fast as they decay. A good strong and durable fence surrounds it. It is handsomely laid off in rows and upon the whole is a beautiful resting place for the remains of our brave dead. Such and one that if I had a friend there I would be satisfied and not disturb the remains. EXPLOSION Last Friday night, while Mr. Clarkson was standing at the desk in the railroad office, engaged in writing, the kerosene lamp in use exploded, causing considerable commotion for a few moments. The occasion of the accident was that there was scarcely any oil in the lamp, and he had raised it intending to shake it a little so that it would burn a few moments longer, but had scarcely moved it from the desk when it exploded. No damage was done beyond scorching the desk, prompt measures being successfully taken to extinguish the fire. Kerosene lamp explosions are becoming quite familiar, oftentimes attended with disastrous consequences. A lamp in our office came near exploding some nights since, but was fortunately discovered by a boy who was passing and the Cresco Times was thus saved from annihilation. The immediate occasion of all these explosions is using a poor quality of oil. Whether merchants or consumers are responsible for this is somewhat of a question. People will insist on having cheap oil, and the dealer, in order to sell lower than his competitor, is obliged to furnish a poorer quality of oil at a lower price. Consumers should insist on having none but first-class oil and be willing to pay a reasonable price therefore. For our part, we do not choose to risk life and property for 5 or 10 cents. Let us have oily properly refined and we will have no more lamp explosions. Now from the Howard County Times in Cresco, Iowa, on February 1st, 1906. The Poultry Show, a fine display of high-bred fowls. The attendance is good. The second annual poultry show given by the Howard County Poultry Association opened at the Armory yesterday with a fine exhibit of fowls. About 500 birds are on exhibition, representing over 20 different breeds. Poultry raisers from Minneapolis, Austin, Mason City, Monticello, and many other towns have sent some of their best coops to compete for the very liberal prizes offered by the club. George D. Holden of Awatana began scoring yesterday and he will finish this morning. The prize winners will be announced next week. Mr. Holden is president of the American Poultry Association and is the best poultry judge in the country. Many of the coops entered were prize winners at the big show in Minneapolis last week, and the fact that the local exhibits are taking a share of the prizes shows that the poultry raisers in this part of the country have kept pace with the best of them. The corn contest, too, is attracting a good deal of attention, there being about 40 entries. Professor Wilson of Ames will judge the corn today and tomorrow afternoon he will deliver a lecture on the selection of seed corn, using the corn on exhibition to illustrate his points. Tonight is the big chicken pie supper to be served in the hall over William Kellow's store. A 25 cent ticket admits one person to the show and all the chicken pie he can eat. The show is a big success in every way this year and the credit is due to the energy and staying qualities of the club's officers who did not become discouraged because the show last year was not appreciated as it deserved. The poultry industry will continue to grow and these shows will prove of immense benefit in an educational way to those who take advantage of them. Women in men's clothes For a woman to masquerade in man's attire is no new thing. In Wells Church, Norfolk, is the grave of Elizabeth Clayton, who died in 1805, after dressing and working as a ship's carpenter for many years. According to a periodical of the time, she drank, swore, chewed tobacco, and kept company only with the workmen. She was a strong and healthy person and would employ her tongue or fist as much to the danger of an opponent as the boldest man. Farm for sale, a first class 320 acre stock and grain farm for sale or rent on a main road with RFD mail delivery and telephone, one and a quarter of a mile to a church and store, half mile from land to another church, five miles to railroad station and market, 13 miles to St. Cloud, Minnesota. For information, inquire of Andrew Zeiss, St. Cloud, Minnesota. Residence for sale. My residence in Berg Edition, Cresco, also a 10-acre timber lot in southern part of New Oregon Township. Inquire at Times Office or of, undersigned. R.P. Beach. Maple Leaf Stock Farm I have a very few I have a few very choice bulls that I will price worth the money for a short time also some young cows and heifers G W Lockie, Maple Leaf Iowa That's it for February 1st on Iowa's Newsworthy Past Thanks for tuning in Hey there, thanks for listening. Hey, if you liked your ride, remember that you can follow me on Instagram at Iowa's Newsworthy Past. If you didn't like your ride, well, maybe you will tomorrow.